0: chapter 3. Ephesians, chapter 3, because today we are starting a new series called More. More, right? As Americans, we love more. Isn't that true? Like, we, we love more. We're hardwired, I think, to want more, to desire more, to want the biggest, to, to want the best, and advertisers are very aware of this concept, right? Like, they want, they want you to get, they, they want to get you believing that you need more. Right. Anybody ever been addicted to a game on your phone? Go ahead. Raise your hand. You've been there before. You know, you're playing these little things. And why do you get addicted to it? Because there's always another level. There's always another achievement. There's always an upgrade that you can do. There's always someone else that you can beat and get a higher score than. Because there's always more. And that's why it's so addicting. We want, we want more. Uh, why do you think we have sequels and prequels of all the movies. and redone, I mean, there's like a new Batman every two years. We just change the guy in the suit. You know, we just keep going over and over again because we want more. We want more. We want to we hear more. And so it really, I mean, it just stinks when you get to the top level of something and there isn't any more. Like we've almost come to expect that you get to the end of your favorite TV show and it's just like, wait, that's it? Like, can't we have one more episode? I just want to know what happened. Can't we have one more season? Or you get to the end of your favorite book and you just wish, oh, there was just one more chapter. Like, I I just want to know the end. I just want to know. I I need some more closure on this thing. So it it stinks when we get to the end and we realize there's no more, right? It happens every every Christmas. You're sitting there opening up your presents and you open up the last one and you're like, oh, that's nice. And you just kind of is there any, you know, anything hiding underneath the, the you've never been there before, right? Right? We're, we're always looking for more. Is this it? And we find ourselves asking that question, is this it? We don't like running out. Again, everybody's always promising us, they're always telling us, you deserve more. You deserve a bigger house. On the radio all the time I hear, you deserve a nicer, newer car. You know, it's like, okay, I get it. Uh, you, you deserve a pay raise with benefits. You know, McDonald's tells us you need to supersize it. You don't want to just go for the small, go for the big, go for the large. You need, you need more. Uh, restaurants, they promise you free never-ending refills, right? Because we want, we want more, although I'm not sure that's true. I'm not sure that's true. I, I brought a few things with me. You know, when you get to the end at a restaurant, we, and you want some more, right? What do you do? We're in the Midwest, so we don't say, hey, waiter, waitress, I need more. No, we're passive-aggressive here, right? So you just go... You've been there. You've done it. Right? You want to be nice. You want to be kind. So you just want to make them aware <laughs> that you need a refill. And then uh, when you want that refill and they come around, I mean, you want, you don't want just a little, does anybody ever go and be like, no, uh, all right. Yep, right there. That's, that's about good. Let's just fill it up right there. Right? No, like we paid for this. Fill me up to the top right? Like, even if I'm not going to drink it, like, I spent good money on this place. I'm getting everything that I can. I'm, I'm milking this thing, you know, Olive Garden. Bring more bread sticks. Come on. they just, these are free. Let's keep them coming. I don't care if I'm not going to eat them. And, and so, the same thing. Like, nobody goes and says, just this much, unless maybe it's your last one. You know, but we say, fill me up to the top. You know, give, it, give me everything and keep them coming. And my big question today, and the question I want to ask is this. Why, why is Christians... Do we come to Jesus? Do we come to church and we say, you know what, God? Just fill me up halfway. Like, that, that's enough. That's plenty. Why are we so content as Christians to say half is good enough? Because that, that bothers me. Like, we want more of everything else in America, but when it comes to Jesus, that's good enough. You know, give me, give me enough to get me through the week. You know, I'm going to come to church and everything's going to be good. Give me enough to get me through the week. And I'll empty my cup, and then when I come back, God, fill me up to half again. And that's the way that it kind of feels. But like I said, we wouldn't do that as, at a restaurant. Like, just give me half a cup, and then uh, when it's empty, come back and give me another half cup. No, fill me up all the way. All right? We want more of any, everything. But when it comes to God, we keep saying, I've got plenty. God, that's enough. I, I don't need any more. You can You can stop there. And that's wrong. So, How can we change this? How how can we move about this? So again, Ephesians chapter 3, we're going to look at verse 14. And this is a prayer that Paul prays for the church of Ephesus. And the church of Ephesus was a church that he had planted. And uh, unlike other churches, Ephesus, everything was going good. I mean, everything was going good at the church of Ephesus. Uh, We've talked about this on our Wednesday night Bible studies. Everything was going good. Uh, In fact, Paul said, ever since I heard about your love for God... And your love for people, I haven't stopped praying for you. So, so Paul was saying, good things are happening there because why? I heard about how much you love God, and I heard about how much you love people. Does that sound familiar? Love God, love people, share Christ. So, so he, he's saying, good things are happening at this church, and, and now I want to pray for you. So this is the prayer that Paul prays for them in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14. He says this, For this reason, I kneel before the Father, And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now, I find this prayer just pretty, pretty incredible, because Paul could have prayed for a lot of things. He could have said, all right, God, this church is doing well, this, this, this church is going great, let's not mess it up. You know, let's, let's just not mess it up. He could have just prayed... God, we pray for the church in Ephesus that you would just protect them. Protect them from persecution. You know, there's a lot of things going around. Protect them from false doctrine. God, we we pray that you would just heal all their sick people. Uh, God, we pray that you would meet their financial needs. And and he could have done that. Nothing wrong with those prayers. Those those are good prayers. But but, but Paul thinks a little bit bigger than that. He doesn't just say, God, just, just keep them going. Just keep this church where it's at. No, he he doesn't do that. Instead, he says, God, increase their capacity. Increase their capacity. Increase their capacity so that you can dwell in them more. Increase their capacity so they can understand the concept uh, of your love and how great it is. And God, fill them to the measure of all fullness. So he, he, he's saying, God, I, I'm believing for more for this church. Don't just keep them steady. Don't just keep things, you know, going good. Like, we got greatness in mind. We, we've got more ahead. So Paul prays this incredible prayer for these believers. And I don't know about you, but that's the way I want to pray. I, I hope this verse challenges you to pray for more, to believe for bigger and greater things from God, and not to be satisfied with just a, that's enough. You know, that, that's good enough, God. Halfway, I'm fine with that. that. That makes me happy. It makes me content. No, we should want more. We should, we should recognize who we are praying to. We're not praying to some weak God. Paul was praying to the almighty God, to the almighty. There, there's nothing he can't do. And those are the kind of prayers that I want to start praying. I don't want to be so focused on the things that we need that I miss out on all that God has for me that's not where I want to be. That's not where we can be as a church. We should always desire more of Jesus. And that's the nice thing, is that we can always ask for more of Jesus. We're never going to reach that top level. We're never going to run out of what Jesus had. There's always going to be more. So let's, let's look at this prayer for just a minute and look at the three different things that, that Paul prayed for here. The first one was this. He said, strengthen the believer's inner being. Strengthen the believer's inner being. That that was his prayer. God, strengthen them uh, so that Christ may dwell in them through faith, that Christ can can dwell in their heart. So, strengthen their inner being. A lot of times, we like to focus on the outer person. We spend a lot of time doing that. You know, maybe it's think about how much time you spend in front of a mirror, uh, how much time we spend picking out the perfect clothes, how much time we spend, you know, at the gym or working out or or trying to do all these things to impress people. There's a lot of different ways that we can try to impress people. We're always trying to work on that, the outside of us. Because we think, you know, if we look like we have it all together on the outside, maybe we can fool people and think we've got it together on the inside as well. But we spend a lot of time on the outer man. But how much time do we spend on the inner man, the inner person? How much time do we spend in the Word? How much time do we spend in prayer? How much time do we, do we spend in worship? I, I like what Paul says in First Timothy Chapter 4, he says, for physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. So he's saying this, outward appearance uh, and and these outward disciplines, those are good things. Physical training is of some value. Those are good things. Those will get you, I mean, if we don't take care of our bodies, we're just going to die and, you know, outward that's a good thing. Staying in shape, that's, that's a good thing. There's nothing wrong with that. That's good. They have value and they shouldn't be ignored. But strengthening our inner man, training in godliness, that is the most valuable. Physical training is going to benefit you for the 72 years you have on this life. But spiritual training is going to benefit us for eternity, for all the years beyond the, the years that we're given uh, on this life, it, it's gonna make things different. Some of you out there are like, I'm defying the odds. I'm way older than 72. You know, 100, 110, however far you wanna go, right? Physical training's of some value, but godliness, it has value for all things. It'll benefit you for all eternity. So we praise that. Number one, God, we, we just pray, God, that you would strengthen our inner being, God, that you would, you would allow us to handle more of you, God. The second thing he prayed, to empower the believer to grasp the vastness of God's love. That's a deep prayer right there. To grasp the vastness of God's love. To be able to understand God better. Now, I've definitely prayed for knowledge before, right? I've prayed for knowledge. God, I didn't study for this test. Give me knowledge today. Help me to know the things that I don't know that I should know, that I should be prepared, you know? Or, or we get into a difficult situation. It's like, God, just give me knowledge. Give, give me wisdom beyond my years. I, I need you right now. But Paul prayed for knowledge to understand God's love at a greater level. When's the last time we prayed that prayer? God, help me to understand your love more than I've ever understood it before. I mean, what a prayer. He says, how... Help me to understand how wide your love is. Help me to understand the length of your love. Help me to understand how deep your love is. Help me to understand how high your love is. You ever stop to think about God's love? You ever stop just to think about, God, how how great is your love? How great is your love? We were just talking in Sunday school this morning about just the pain and difficulty that Jesus went through. All the things that he endured, that he endured the cross. Not, not just that, he endured a crown of thorns. He, he endured uh, lashes. He endured carrying the cross. He, he endured the, the pain uh, of, of hanging on the cross unto death. He, he endured the pain of people, you know, who once embraced him, now yelling crucify him. He, he, he had the pain, right, of, of Peter denying him three times, of Judas betraying him, of his disciples abandoning him, of all these different things. He had so much pain, and then on top of that, you throw on the weight of all the sin of all the world. And the wrath of God, that became on his life. And he did that because he loved you. How great is God's love? God, give us the ability to understand the, the depth, the height, the width, the length of your love. See, because Jesus' love, it's, it's wide enough to bring every people group to bring every culture, to bring every language together, right? God's love transcends any culture. It's wide enough to bring us all together. Uh, no, No matter what we look like, no matter what we sound like, no matter what language we speak, God's love is wide enough to save everyone. His love is deep enough, right? It's deep enough to rescue us from the pits that we put ourselves in. No matter how much sin you've got in your life, no matter how far you've run from Jesus, no matter how buried you are in the muck and the mire of this life of sin, God can rescue you. He can go that deep, right? How long is God's love? Well, it stretches from eternity to eternity. His love is never ending. It's never changing. His love was there from day one to to forever, right? From eternity to eternity, that's how long God's love. How high is God's love? His love stretches to the height to bring us all the way to heaven, right? His love reaches the heavens. It goes all the way down to pull us out of the pit, and it reaches the heavens. That's how high God's love is. So God, help us to understand. Give us a greater knowledge of your love. Give us a greater knowledge of who you are. Because you know what? The greater grasp we have of the vastness of God's love, the more we will love God. The more we're going to love God, the more we realize how much God loves us, the more we are going to love God. And guess what? The more we love God, the more we're going to love the people that he created. And the more we love the people that he created, the more we're going to share Christ with them. Because that's the greatest sign of love we could give to anybody is to let them know that there is something more, to let them know that there is healing, that there is forgiveness, that there is a second chance in Jesus Christ. So these first two things that Paul, uh, that Paul prayed, it's like asking God. It's like asking God, God, Increase our capacity. Give us a bigger cup, right? Give us a bigger cup. I had a math teacher once, and uh, he, he would come into school every day, and he said, I just drink one cup of coffee. But it was like a bowl, right? Have you ever, you got any cups, like you got any coffee drinkers like that? He's like, I just drink one cup. You know, it's like, you can barely hold that thing. And, and, and for us, it's like, God, God, increase our capacity. Give us, give us something bigger. And so that's where where Paul starts out praying, give us something bigger, God. Give us a bigger cup. Give us more so that we can have more capacity to hold what you want to do in our lives. So give us more room for Jesus. Give us a greater knowledge of Jesus. And then the third thing that he prays is this. Now, God, fill the believer to the measure of all fullness. Fill him to the measure of all fullness. You see, once... Once we get a bigger cup, now God's saying, hey, I don't want to make a mess up here. Once we get a bigger cup, now Paul's praying, God, fill us up. Not just halfway. This could take a while. Not just halfway, but God, fill us up all the way. You know, all the way to the top. All the way so it's, it's got that curvature right on top. Give me everything that you can handle. Fill us up to the measure of all Fullness. And that's what he's praying for this church. Don't just give them a little bit. God, give them everything until you know you just reach the very, oh, yeah, right there, right on the top. He's saying, give us everything. Fill us all the way up. God, give us, help them to reach their maximum potential. I mean, what a prayer. What a, what a capacity. God, fill them up. But yet, how often do we settle for that? half cup. And we say, this is enough, God. Keep my cup small. Keep, keep, keep the blessing inside that cup small because that's, that's enough for me. Because Jesus, I really love you, but I don't want to do anything crazy for you. Right? God, I don't want you to go off and tell me I need to go do this. You know, I saw those missionaries here last week and they went off and they learned some other language and had to go to a different country. And it changed their whole life. God, I don't want to, I, I, just, I just want this much. I don't want to do anything crazy, God. I, I, I don't want to do anything like that. I, I don't want to take any risks. Like, I've got a financial plan in place. Like, i got retirement to think about, Jesus. You know, and, and we're thinking about all these things. And, and we just want to, we, we want to say, God, I just want half a cup so that way I can put my relationship with you on cruise control and I can worry about the things that really matter in this world. And we're okay with that. But church, I believe that it's time to stop settling for mediocre in our relationship with Jesus. It's time to start asking, God, give me a full cup. God, give me everything that I can handle because I'm tired of living half full. Fill it all the way to the top. So that's a lot, right? That's a lot to take in. That's a lot of like, that's, that's a big prayer. God, fill me all the way up. But Paul wasn't done with this prayer yet. Paul wasn't done. See, in verse 20, he says this. This is how he ends his prayer. He says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Okay. So we were at full, right? And we thought, okay, God, that's good enough, right? That, that's good enough. But he says, No. We're praying to the God who can do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine. He just doesn't want to fill you up. He wants to overflow you. See, think about this. If you go back to, to the Greek and the words that Paul wrote here, Paul made up a phrase that no one else had ever used before because he was grasping for words that aren't available in language anywhere of how great God is. You look for words to describe how great God is and you're going to come up short. So he, he puts these words together that have never been together before in all of writing and all of time to try to describe how great God is. So, so probably the most literal translation, maybe some of your translations say this, is exceedingly abundantly more or exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or imagine. So let's just take a moment to try to comprehend that. All right, let's break it down. Uh, so first off, if you start backwards, it says that God can do all we can ask or imagine. So in other words, the biggest dreams, the biggest things that you could ever think of, like our greatest ceiling, our greatest potential we could ever go at, that's God's floor. Like that's the least God can do, all we ask or imagine. Like that's not a whole lot for God. But then it says he can do more than that. He can do above all we can ask or imagine. But you know what? That wasn't enough for Paul. He said, you know what? He can do Abundantly more. Not just more. He can do abundantly more than all we ask and all we imagine. And you know what? That's not good enough. In fact, he can do exceedingly, he can exceed abundantly more than all we ask or imagine. He can he can do it. So he he puts not just all you can ask or imagine. He does more than that, abundantly more than that, exceedingly abundantly more than that. Like that's how great God is, and that's still not big enough to describe what God can do in our lives. He wants to do more. It's indescribable. It's immeasurable. It's incomprehensible what our God can do. So when we go to prayer, remember who we're praying to. Remember what God can do. Let's think about because we, we've got a God that we can't describe, we can't put into terms of how great our God is. I, I remember when our son was just first learning how to count, maybe not first, he, he was up to the, he was in the hundreds. He had, he had gotten that far, he figured out okay, I can count to over a hundred. In fact, that's the way he would put himself to sleep at night. He would try to figure out how high of a number he could count to. So I'm walking by his bedroom and I just hear 631, 632, it's like, oh man, you know, this is a rough night. And, and and so he's trying to figure out how to count. One day we're at the park and we run into another kid who's, you know, doing the same thing, same level. He's figuring it out, and they decided let's have a competition of who can count higher. Sounds great. The best part of it all was I was walking alongside him. I got to hear this entire conversation because it was so funny, right? He was like, "Hey, guess what? I can count to 51." Not to be outdone, the other kid's like, well, "I can count to 57." Oh yeah? Well, I can count to 97 all right? Well, I can count to 197. You know, so they keep going back and forth. Pretty soon, they start making up numbers, right? Well, I can count to 1100. Well, I can count to 110 billion. you know, and they just keep going up. And finally, one of them is like, well, I can count to infinity. Whoa, you know, it's been thrown down not to be outdone. The other kid's like, well, I can count to infinity plus one. Still not to be outdone. My son looks at me like, I can count to infinity times infinity, right? And so they're just going back and forth, trying to come up with this language of, of how can I describe, you know, the greatness of this? And it's the same with God. We can't describe his greatness. We, we can't. God can do more than that, right? He can do more than 11 billion. He can do more than, than infinity times infinity. God is infinite. God doesn't want to just fill you. He wants to fill you to overflowing. He wants to give you everything that he's got and and not stop, right? This is what God wants to do in your life because God can that. He can do exceedingly abundantly more than all you ask and all that you imagine. He wants to fill you to overflowing. Really, this is a terrible illustration because there should be like a tsunami or a tidal wave that comes and tries to fill this cup, but that wasn't in the budget. Right? God wants to do exceedingly abundantly more in your life. He, he wants to overflow you. John 4:14, 4, uh, Jesus is talking to the woman at the well, and, and she thinks they're talking about just regular water because they're at a well. But Jesus is talking about something, he's talking about living water. Jesus says, Whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. He, he says, I've got something in you I, and I can come and live inside of you. The Holy Spirit's going to come in and he's going to overflow you so that you always have enough. That you don't have to just come to church to get filled up. You can get filled up on a Monday or on a Tuesday or at home or at work or at the grocery store. God wants to fill you up everywhere and every day because he's given you this this." inner well inside of you that's welling up to eternal life that never runs dry. See, church, it's time to start dreaming bigger. Like, it's time. It's time we start dreaming bigger because we got a big God, and he can do more than our biggest dreams. Our, Our maximum potential is his bottom line. It's his minimum, and he wants to do exceedingly abundantly more than all we ask or imagine. It's time to believe that our God is who He says He is and that He can do what He promises He will do. Think about this this morning. What what could God do through you if you fully trusted Him? And that's convicting. What could could God do through you if you fully trusted Him today? If you said, God, I'm all in. Fill me up. Fill fill me to overflowing. Um, I, I had a youth pastor once and he had a big dream. He had a big dream. He, he was a dreamer. He called me in his office and, and he shares this, this big dream with me. And he says, All right, Ben, here's what I want to do. I want to I rent the biggest space in our city. And I want to invite all the high schoolers and all the middle schoolers from all the different schools, even, even the big schools. And we're going we're to pack that place and we're going to tell them all about Jesus. It's like, that sounds great. Sign me up. I'm excited. Uh How in the world are we going to do that? Like, that doesn't even make sense. Like, you do realize we're a youth group of like 20 or 30 people, right? Like, if we can't get them to come here, one, how are we going to have the budget to rent out the biggest space in in our city? And how are we going to get a bunch of of teenagers to want to come to this thing? Like, how how are we going to do that? And so he looked at me, he's like, what does every teenager want? Uh, You know, I don't know. There's a lot of things, you know maybe, you know, relationship, maybe a car, maybe a different things. He's like, bingo, a car, right? We're going to give away a car. Like, okay. Uh, and again, where's this budget coming from to get a car? And, and so he's, he's got this big dream and, and I'm, you know, I'm there. I'm like, let's do it. Well, I don't know how. I don't know how God's going to come through. How are we going to afford a car? And he's like, not just any car. We're going to do a nice car. Like, this isn't going to be some beater that we pick up off the used lot. Like, this is going to be something people want to come to. Okay, let's do it. And so it was amazing to see. uh, I got to go around with him, and we'd sit down for lunch with with business people around town. And and he'd share his vision of this is what we want to do. This is how we want to do it. And all of a sudden, they'd write out a a big check and, and hand it to him. It's just like, whoa. Like, how did that work, God? You know, this, this is incredible. And I'll never forget uh, one night after youth group, our youth pastor pulls up in, in this very nice green Ford Mustang. And he says, this is the car we're giving away. Hop in. You know, because you got you to gotta give it a test drive, make sure that it works. And, and so we drive around and I'm just praising him. I was just like, wow, like we're doing this. We're, we're going we're gonna to rent this place. We're going to step out in faith. We've got to give away this car. Like, this is, this is incredible. And, and we get back into the parking lot, and he's like, hey, look at, look at that car over there. I was like, okay, what about it? He's like, we're giving that one away, too. I'm like, what? Wait, now we didn't just get one car. Now we've got two cars. And he's like, that one's even better than this one. And, and he's like, trust me, I drove, I, he test drove that one too. He's like, somebody heard the vision. And, you know, we got all these donations to buy this car. But that one they just gave to us. They just said, here, take it because you're going to use it to do more than we could do with it. And so we, we rented out a big space in one of the colleges. And that place was packed. And we were giving away two cars. And that night, uh, it was like standing room only. And we got to tell people about Jesus. And it was just incredible. But here I am, just a, I don't know, I was a middle school, high school kid, and my mind was just blown of, God, how great are you? Because I'm looking at the numbers, and this just doesn't add up. How can you do this? But, but God came through in an amazing, incredible way, and he didn't just meet the dream that we had. He went above and beyond that. He went above and beyond that. So why do we choose, when we serve this incredible God, why do we choose to say, I'm good with, this is enough. I'm good with half full. God, don't fill me up anymore. Why do we choose to say that's enough when he wants to fill us to overflowing? He wants to do more through you than than anything else. Why why does that happen? Well, I think the basic basic answer is it's because we like stuff. We like stuff. We like being filled with other stuff rather than Jesus. Because if we don't fill our cup with Jesus, something else is going to fill our cup. That's just the nature of it. In fact, again, in 1 Timothy, uh, Paul writes these words, but godliness with contentment is great gain. Godliness with contentment of stuff is great gain. It says, for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evils. It is through this craving that some of you have wandered away from the faith and, and pierced themselves with many pangs. But as for you, O man of God, flee these things, pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, gentleness, So in other words, Paul's advice is, don't be content with your pursuit of godliness. Don't be content with your relationship with God. Don't settle for a cup half full of Jesus. Be content with the stuff you got. Be content with your worldly possessions and desire. Never give up your hunger for Jesus. We often get that backwards. We're okay with Jesus. We're okay with with what he's done. But we want to pursue stuff. It doesn't matter if we're rich or poor. It doesn't matter. Like we all can love money, right? The poorest among us, the richest of all of us, we can, we can love our stuff, we can love our things. It doesn't matter. But it says above all that, we need to love God first. We need to love Jesus. Our pursuit for Jesus should, should never come to an end. See, you will, you will never do great things for God until you just start, until you start desiring more. you start desiring Him more than this stuff. We're never going to do great things for God unless we desire God more than we desire stuff and we desire success. Godliness with contentment is great gain. It's great gain. Let me just throw one last point at you from, from this prayer, from verse 20. See, it says that God chooses you as his delivery method. God chooses you. He's got all the power in the world. I mean, he could just pour it out just straight up, straight from God, but instead he decides to fill your cup with it. He decides to use you as the delivery method. You see, the nice thing about having a full cup is that it's really hard to walk from one place to the next with it. You ever notice that? Like, we don't usually fill our cup up. Because when you walk and you run into somebody, right? So if I were to run into somebody today and they bump, it would splash on them. The presence of God would splash on them because I got a full cup. And everywhere we go, that's going to affect everybody else. Every room we walk into, people are going to get blessed because we've got a full cup, because our cup is at overflowing, right? God uses us to do incredible things. We don't deserve it, but that's how God does it. He uses, he uses weak old human bodies to do the miraculous, to do the supernatural. It says, according to his power that is at work within us. I mean, how great is God that he uses broken people with issues like me and you, to deliver the greatest power that the world has ever seen. One more verse here. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 says this, brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards, not many were influential, not many were of noble birth, but God but God chose the foolish things of this world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of this world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of this world and to despise things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are so that no one may boast before him. God uses the weak and the lowly and the broken and he uses us in our weakness and our flaws to display his magnificent power. Don't you want to be used like that? Don't you want to be used like that? Worship team, would you come? Just a few months ago, we had our district youth director here, Pastor Tyler Tufte, and, and he shared a little bit of how God is using our teenagers to, to do incredible things through our missions. We, our teenagers give to a program called Speed the Light that provides uh, vehicles for our missionaries across the globe and, and uh, sound systems, anything our missionaries really need to spread the light of Jesus, spread the light of the gospel. And... And it's just amazing that God can use teenagers. You know, it says lowly, broken, humble. God can use teenagers that this world a lot of times looks down on to do incredible things, to go above and beyond our expectations. And so it's just amazing. Uh, Back in 2018, uh, Pastor Tyler brought in a lot of the youth pastors and he said, all right, I got a big dream, got a big vision. Whenever I hear that, I just kind of hold on to the chair like, okay, what's going to happen? A little nervous here because I am I just being honest I tend to be one of those people okay what can we do what resources do we have how how can we make this how can we make this happen right but, but pastor Tyler he's a big dreamer and he's like I believe God can do more so he, he sits us down and he's like okay I've got a 3 year vision I got a 3 year plan and I believe by 2020 that in Speed the Light, our teenagers across South Dakota, I mean, 40 churches worth of teenagers are gonna give over $100,000 to Speed the Light every single year, and we're never gonna drop below that line again. And I thought, man, that's awesome. You know, it, we, we've gone above 100,000, I think, one time in the history of the South Dakota Assemblies of God for Speed the Light. Typically, we're at about 70000 but he the dream is, all right, we've got three years. So I didn't mind that. we got three years to build up to this thing, to get to $100,000 so that more people can hear about Jesus. And so he gave us that, that vision kind of, I think, in, in January that year. Well, by December of that year, in the very first year, in 2018, our teenagers across South Dakota gave almost exactly $100,000. And it was just like, wait a minute, God. This was supposed to be a three-year dream. Not, not a one-year dream, but we serve the God who does exceedingly, abundantly more than all we can ask or imagine, right? And, and so God met that need year one. He used teenagers to do it. So year two, we come back, and, and uh, Pastor Tyler sits down, and he's like, all right, I got another dream. I was like, seriously, again? Like, we met it. Like, we should celebrate. He's like, I got another dream. We're going to have the biggest year for giving ever. We're going to give over $110,000 to speed the light. This is what God's put on my heart. It's like, okay. Yeah, let's do it. Let's go after it. Let's chase it. And, and so, you know, we, we worked harder. We, we went harder. Our teenagers did an incredible job. We raised $110,000 that year. It was the biggest year for Speed of Light ever. I and mean, it was incredible that God used lowly teenagers to, to do something magnificent so people could hear about Jesus. So we go to year three. They're like, okay, we've crossed the finish line. You know, we've given more than we've ever given before. We, we've set the bar, and he comes back and he's like, "All right, God put another dream in my heart." I'm like, okay, what is it? We're gonna give $150,000 to speed the light. So I, I think I texted him after. That. I'm like, "Are you crazy? You know, like, it?" Like, let's do it. Let's go. Let's believe that God is gonna do something bigger. And at the end of that year, we didn't hit 150, but our teenagers raised 130,000. Again, the biggest year that we've ever experienced by far. And so we come back to this year, last year, 2021. And again, the bar was set at 150,000. We're believing for God to do this. But again, we serve the God who can do exceedingly abundantly more than all we ask or imagine. And in 2021, through our teenagers through 40 churches worth of teenagers in South Dakota, they came together and they sacrificed and they gave $265,000 to speed the light. And, and it was just amazing. Again, God can do more than our biggest dreams. God, God uses the, the weakest among us to do the greatest things because they're in a position of saying, God, I can't, but God, I know you can I know you can. And and so I'm excited for what God can do in our lives and what God can do through you. See, because of the work that Jesus did on the cross, God can use us to do more than we ask or imagine. Because of the cross, God fills our cup to overflowing. In fact, the night before Jesus was crucified, he was sitting at the last supper with his disciples and, and he said this, this cup is the new covenant in my blood which is poured out for you. It's poured out for you. And because he poured out his blood, he's still pouring out in our lives and he's filling us up to overflowing. Because of the blood of Jesus, we can have freedom, we can have victory, we can have new life, we can have eternal life. God can fill us up to overflowing. So today, I'm going to ask you to join me in praying two things, in two things. Number one, let's pray for a greater capacity. Let's pray for a bigger cup. So that we can handle more of Jesus in our lives. So we can understand his love uh, at a greater level than we've ever experienced before. Let's pray for a greater capacity to know and experience God. And let's pray that God would fill our cup to overflowing. Not, Not just halfway, but God, I want everything that you've got. So much so that I'm just pouring it out on other people around me because I can't contain it in myself, so I might as well give it away. Like, we need to be praying for those things. So would you stand with me? We're, we're going we're to sing this song, and, and I want you in this time just to respond to God, to pray those two prayers. God, increase our capacity, and God, fill us up. Increase our capacity and fill us up. If you want to come around these altars, you can. If you just want to stand there and sing, you can. And, and at the end of this song, we're, I, I've got one more thing for you, uh, just one more dream that I want to put in your heart. But let's start by saying, God, expand our capacity, and Jesus, fill us up. So let's let's sing this together today. God, we need more of you. Lord, mediocre is not going to cut it anymore. God, half full is not going to cut it anymore. God, fill us the overflowing with more of your presence because God, you've got more. Lord, we don't want to settle. We don't want to just be okay. God, expand our capacity for you. God, expand our knowledge of your love. God, help us understand how wide, how high, how deep. God, how long is your love? Jesus, give us a greater understanding, understanding of who you God, we want more. God, we want more. May that be our heart. God, may that be our prayer. God, we want more of you. God, I believe for more for Aberdeen's First Assembly. I believe more for each and every person in this room and listening online today. God, I believe for more. God, that you didn't put us on this earth just, just to survive these years. But God, you put us here to thrive. You put us here to make a difference, to be world changers. So God, give us more today. God, you're not done with anyone yet. God, give us more. God, give us more. Expand our capacity today. More of your love. More of your power. God, raise in us a holy discontentment co- that we wouldn't be satisfied with where things are now. God, even though things are good, God, even though your, your church is hungry, God, give us more. A spiritual hunger like we've never experienced before. Fill us up to overflowing today because there is no limit to what you can do. You're limitless, God. You're exceedingly, abundantly more than all we can ask or imagine. Raise the level of faith in this room today, in our hearts, in our lives, for what you can do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Today, let me, let me leave you with a dream share a dream that God's put on my heart. In three weeks from today is Easter Sunday. and what a great celebration. What a great opportunity that we have as a church to reach our community. Easter is a day that among all the other Sundays in this world, that's the Sunday people are most likely to say, you know what, I should go to church today. I should do that. And I believe that God wants to use us. He wants to use you to reach our community, to to reach our family and to reach our friends. So I want to encourage you. Start inviting people. Start start inviting people. Start telling them, hey, we're going to do something great. I mean, we're going to have a great Sunday. We've got our Speed the Light Easter breakfast at 9 o'clock. We've got a service here at 1030, and and we're going to talk about more. You know, the world is always chasing after more. They're always chasing after more stuff. And they think, if I just have more stuff, that's what's going to bring me happiness. Well, they're right. They need something more, but it's not more stuff. It's more Jesus. It's more Jesus. We get to share that amazing uh, presentation. So I believe three weeks from today, from right now, at this moment, there's going to be people who are flooding this altar because they want more of Jesus, because they want Jesus in their life. They've been doing it wrong their whole lives, and and they want to surrender to Jesus. I'm I'm believing for that. I'm believing for more. We're going to have a big Easter egg hunt afterwards for all the kids. For families, it's going to be a great, incredible time. But but here here's the dream. Last year, in this place for Easter, we had we had 300 people come. We had 300 people come. But I'm believing for more. See, I believe if every person in this room today we invited one person, each family invited one family, and they came on out. I'm believing for 500 people to be here for Easter. And the the human side of me says. That's crazy. That's not going to work. But we serve the God of exceedingly abundantly more. God can do more than 500. But I'm believing, would you, would you begin to dream bigger with me? Let, let's, let's reach this community in ways that they've never been reached before. Let's tell people about Jesus in bigger numbers than we've ever told Jesus uh, people about Jesus before. Let's dream for more. Because God can do more. God can do more. We're going to give you some invites that you can hand out next week we're going to be posting on Facebook. We're going to be doing all those things. I challenge you, invite somebody. Don't come alone. Bring somebody with you. It's going to be an incredible time. Let's pray. Let's believe God for more today. Jesus, we're believing for more. We're believing that, that you're not done yet. God, that you are simply getting started what you want to do here at Aberdeen First Assembly, what you want to do in this community and what you want to do around the globe. So God, here we are. We're broken vessels. Fill us up. Use us. We may not be perfect, but God, we are willing today. We're willing and we're praying, God, fill us up. Give us more today. Expand, expand our capacity. God, would you expand the capacity of the people we can reach in this town? God, of the people who 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 are at the last leg and they just don't know where to turn to. God, may they turn to you. God, may we be A reflection of the hope that we found in Jesus everywhere we go. That we would spill over on every person in this town and in this city. God, we're believing for 500 people to fill these seats in three weeks. God, that we can tell them the good news about Jesus. And the greatest part about it all is that, God, you end up doing all the work. God, you move their heart. Only you can save. Only you can change. So, God, would you just use us in that process? We're believing for greater things. God, for a revival in our homes. God, for a revival in our families, for a revival in our workplaces. God, that you are going to do something that only you can do. And we get to be a part of that. Thank you, Jesus. Be with us today. God, as we go, expand our cup. Fill us up to overflowing. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Church, these altars are open. I encourage you spend as much time as you need here today. But let's go believing and having faith that God can use us to do more than we ever asked, ever thought, never imagined.